0: Algar
1: Productions. It was every breath you take by the police, followed by the Beatles with Run for Your Life, and then one way or another by Blondie. Before that, we heard a passionate recitation of my home address. We're coming up on the end of the show now, so I'd like to end things as I always do with a desperate plea to the growing contingent of listeners who are, for some reason, stalking me. Hey, knock it off, guys. I'm Mikey After Midnight, and this has been Mikey After Midnight with me, Mikey After Midnight. Aaron Fawcett is next on SVFM 97.7, All Hit 98. Mikey after midnight. No thanks, Guadaline. I'm pretty sure moms with benefits isn't actually a thing. You're listening to (laughs) SVFM,
2: home of Cooter and the Bears Morning Zoo.
3: It's time to play The Bear Reads this week's TV Listings. You ready, Bear? Ready. And begin. Game of Bones, The Wanking Dead, The Handmaid's Tits, Big Little
2: Tits, Supergirls, it's
4: Kinda
1: ran out of steam there, huh buddy?
2: Ever stop and think this whole gig might just be an outdated, unfunny and vaguely offensive waste of everybody's time? Wait, what? Oh, I mean, uh...
4: Whew, that's more like it. Cooter and the Bears Morning Zoo on SVFM 97.7 All Hit 98 And now on SVFM, it's Unfathomable Enigmas for Insomniacs with your host Aaron Fawcett Brought to you by Winchester Tires.
2: Wind up your radios, phosites and faunoids. It's time to delve deeply into the murk and see what's gunking up the periscopes of our collective perceptions. I am, of course, your host, the Right Reverend Sir Aaron Fawcett, LLC. Except for those times when I'm not. We're gonna take the usual pre-flight unpleasantries as red this evening and jump right to the old phone lines. Mister Zian explained. You're on the air.
1: Sarcastic Voice presents the continuing story of Contentment Corner, starring Matt Robotham as Arid Fawcett.
2: I don't know what any of that means.
1: Yeah, sorry about that. Also, I actually read the end credits last time, not the opening ones. I hate when stories end one way and then begin a slightly different way the next time, like in Back to the Future 2, but that's probably a sore subject with you, huh? How do you figure? You're Crispin Glover, aren't you?
2: Now why the hell would you go and say a thing like that? Of course I'm not Crispin Glover. I never even met Mr. Farr. I don't get it. Well, now I suppose we're even. Which is unacceptable to me because this is my show and I demand the upper hand vis-a-vis any and all confusion and the dispensation thereof.
1: Hey, I always wondered, is your show called Mysteries of the Unexplained or Unfathomable Enigmas for Insomniacs?
2: That's actually both. Thanks to quantum superpositioning, the show can exist in two states. Were you planning to approach a point anytime soon?
1: Uh, okay, so what if I told you that this entire world we live in was created as a canvas for a sprawling, some might say, bloated interconnected world of comedy sketches serials and radio plays
2: well i say you're an idiot because this entire world we live in was clearly created in a blizzard by lizard wizards their leader is eddie Izzard.
1: isn't it pronounced Izard? what are you some kind
2: of pronunciation fascist
1: is that like a grammar nazi
2: yes they're all part of the access powers of pedantic assholes along with the empire of not ending your sentences in a preposition
1: Listen, my name is Tron Sayadegaente. I'm either borderline schizophrenic or I have an extremely well-developed sense of meta-awareness that allows me to perceive everything in Contentment Corner, including the existence of the fourth wall.
2: Fourth wall's old news, Timmy. I only talk about walls 11 through 16 now. Except for that goddamn 12th wall.
1: It knows what it did. It's Tron. And okay, never mind all that for the moment. I'm also being held prisoner in an abandoned government facility less than a mile from your radio station.
2: Well, now I know you're just making things up. The government was disbanded in 1777 when the founding fathers declared that the whole thing was a huge waste of time. <sighs>
1: This isn't going as well as I'd hoped. What did you
2: think was going to happen when you called my show and started acting the fool?
1: I I don't know. I figured we'd be, you know, simpatico. I know things about the nature of reality, and you, I thought, were interested in that sort of thing. I could literally make your show obsolete by explaining the mysteries and fathoming the enigmas.
2: What's in it for you?
1: I was hoping you could help me get out of this underground bunker. Then I'd continue my quest to find the space station that crashed in Wisconsin. Mm
2: maybe the most boring person who's ever called this show and this station actually made me talk to Garrison Keillor once. (sighs) Anyway, speaking of things this station makes me do, we're on a break. We'll be back after this word from Winchester Tires.
4: This is the water. And this is the well. Drink full and hand. The horse is the white of the eyes and dark within. This is the water. And this is the well. Drink full and design.
5: Winchester tires.
2: We're back, and against my better judgment, I'm still talking to... Uh, what did you say your name was again?
1: Tran Zahedegente.
2: Uh-huh. That's s
1: 8
2: That's right. And you've never called this show before? Never. Well, isn't that interesting? You know, my producer thought your name sounded familiar, so he went digging through our old tapes, and he found this.
1: I'm Tron and, uh...
2: A scientist has captured me, and, uh, he's made me a part of his human kangaroo experiment. I don't even believe in kangaroos. Well, it's not like a human centipede. It's not so bad. I'm in a pouch. It's pretty comfy in here. I'm fascinated. Tell me more. Well, that's pretty much it. I'm in a pouch. This other guy has the pouch. He hops around sometimes. He provides nutrients for me. It's, it's, it's a nice little symbiotic thing we got going Now, now let me ask you this. Huh? Do you, do you pay rent? Uh, no, I assume my house has been foreclosed upon, uh, because I haven't been back there in so long. I've I've been in this kangaroo pouch. Well,
1: uh, this human kangaroo pouch.
2: There. Now what do you have to say about that, Mr. So-Called Human Kangaroo?
1: That just proves my point. The guy who writes most of this stuff thought that nobody would notice if he just recycled that character name. Do what now? That clip you just played was from episode 161 of the Sarcastic Voyage podcast.
2: Oh, now it's podcasts.
1: It's always been podcasts. Gross.
2: Let's see what the other listeners have to say about this. Line six, go.
0: Hi, this is Fawn. No, not
2: you. What was that about? Oh, she calls here all the time. She doesn't want to talk to me. She wants to distract me while she steals my candy. Line three, you're on the air.
4: Once long, long ago.
2: <laughs> Settle in, kid. One of those calls.
1: Sure, I mean, it's not like there's any urgency in my situation or anything. Oh, good! Please, call
2: her. continue. Long, long ago.
4: Thank you. I was standing on top of a hill, looking very ominous and spooky. And a large bowl of M&M's dropped out of the sky.
2: Oh, sure, like you get.
4: Remember that poll in the early 90s, when they decided which M&M flavor they'd add to the bag? We voted for the blue one. But this bowl... It was from a perpendicular universe where the purple M&M had won that poll. Don't you mean a parallel universe? Don't tell me what I mean.
2: Don't tell him what he... Yeah. Sorry, caller, please go on.
4: So I did what any sensible person in my position would do. I took the candy down to my local physicist. He brought me into his lab and took out a blue M&M. Careful to keep the two held well apart. I could see even from across the room the small sparks and magnetic tension that these two objects created from being in close proximity with one another. The physicist told me that the whole matter slash antimatter thing we had going on here could provide the world with an unending supply of clean energy.
1: Yes, yes, and then what?
4: Then I hate the Eminem.
1: Viva Cole! I know a cow who would love that guy. Line two,
2: you're up.
0: Uh, hey, so this kid says he has all the answers, right?
2: He does indeed. Give him hell, Caller 2.
0: How did you know my name was? Caller ID. Oh, of course. Okay, so... Travis, was it? At... Tron. Well, that's not a real name. I'm just gonna call you Travis. Or maybe Trip. Damn it! I've gone and confused myself now.
2: Now This is the best of us caller, too.
0: Right, so Malcolm, if that even is your real name.
1: Definitely not my name. If
0: you're so smart, tell me this. What the hell was Pac-Man supposed to be?
1: What now?
0: Pac-Man, the little yellow thing from the video game.
1: I, I know the reference, but what is that? Okay,
0: so the world went bonkers for this thing in the early 80s, right? Sequels, a cartoon series, a hit song. But, like, what was it? Was he like an animal? Were the ghosts supposed to be actual dead people? Did those dots sustain him? Or were they like something unspeakable that he had to eat his way out of to escape the maze?
2: These are all excellent questions, Caller.
0: Are they? So what's the verdict, Mr. Omniscient? Surely, if you understand the fundamental principles of the universe, you can answer this one simple question.
1: I mean, that's not really how it works. Unless Pac-Man was created by the writers who have contributed to the fictional universe we inhabit, I have no idea. Ah, lame.
0: This guy is lame, Aaron! Thank you. Next caller. Hi,
1: this is Fawn.
2: Nope.
1: So, are you going to help me, or- No,
2: mostly I'm just going to keep taking calls in hopes that my listeners will shame and ridicule you into hanging up.
1: Okay, but I'm seriously trapped down here, and there's a serial killer.
2: Line seven, go for
1: Aaron.
5: Aaron, this is Envy.
1: Now that's a very contentment corner name if ever I heard one.
5: What? No, I'm the abstract concept of Envy. Can you call
2: here last night.
5: No, that was my sister, Jealousy. People are always mixing us up, but she's the one everyone actually knows. The one people write songs about. (sighs) Man, I wish I was her. Whereas she alternately just wishes she had what I have.
2: Do you have a question for our guest?
5: Oh God, no. Next, I was browsing through the adult section of the Library of Congress the other day when I noticed an undiscovered volume of nude Marilyn Monroe photos dated 1961. I eagerly took the book back to my reading table and began thumbing through it. Suddenly, I was startled to find a strange bookmark shoved between pages 65 and 66, a pseudo-hemispherical-shaped glob of something about the size of half a soccer ball. It was a human brain maintenance mass in my hands I realized it could very well be a missing historical artifact I quickly made my way to the front desk excuse me miss I nearly shouted to the librarian on duty shh she warned me her index finger to her lip sorry I whispered in apology do you have a scale I may use for a moment she pulled out a balance beam similar to the ones I had used in my high school chemistry class quickly but carefully I masked the brain just as I had thought The weight of 58.932 ounces had confirmed my theory. This was the lost brain of John F. Kennedy. Thank you, I told the librarian as I returned the balance beam. I took the brain and myself to the reference book section where I began to research the last known sightings of this anatomical artifact and found some interesting information. Apparently, in 1969, when the former president's brain disappeared, it was in the custody of his brother Ted. Obviously, he had come here to do some, uh, research, and absentmindedly left the brain in the volume which he was studying.
2: Well, that was something.
1: The writer is clearly just cannibalizing from his old notebooks. I do what now? That call about the M&M... That one and this last one were both from a collection of stream of consciousness stories he wrote in 1993 called, Hey, you cyberpunks, get out of my yard. Guy's really starting to scrape the bottom of the barrel. You're
2: just not gonna let this go, are you?
1: I'm not, no. You could hang up on me. You're right, I could. But I wish you wouldn't, because I really am trapped in this underground bunker, and I'm not sure who else I can. You know what? I just realized something. That I'm right about everything, and you're gonna send help.
2: That my producer can put collars on the air with you while I go out for a smoke.
1: Those are candy cigarettes, Aaron. How did you. Omniscient, remember?
2: Listen, here's what's gonna happen. I'm going outside to eat an entire pack of these delicious chalky white sticks, and while I do that, you're gonna interact with my audience.
1: Okay, but. I'm leaving! Okay, then. I guess I'm taking your calls now. So if anyone out there can help me break out of this abandoned underground government facility on the southeast edge of Contentment Corner, I'd really appreciate it. Go ahead.
0: Hi. This is Vaughn. Well,
1: who didn't see that coming? Rule of threes, am I right? Next call.
0: Hello, this
2: is Nick.
1: Nick of Nick Hall.
2: The very same.
1: Why would you be calling a late night radio conspiracy show in the US? You live in the UK.
2: Well, I live in England, which is similar, I suppose. Anywhere, will I own that radio station, don't I? Do you? I do! This was alluded to a number of times, culminating in my actually visiting there in our recent radio play, Keep Calm and O Delay. Wait, you know you're a fictional character too? Oh please, I was breaking the fourth wall when you were in nappies. It's British for diapers. Oh, right. So here's the thing, right? Are you ready for the thing? Because I'm about to tell you the thing. I mean, I guess. You need to stop all your bloody whinging. Oh, boo-hoo. I've been cursed with complete awareness of my surroundings. I know literally everything that's happened is happening and will have happened.
1: You just don't understand the burden. Of
2: course I do. I just told you I have the same awareness you do. You don't see me moaning about it, and I'm actually worse off offer than you are. How do you figure? i got a narrator, right? I don't know that bloke says all I have to do, but you? your own story. That means you can bloody well do whatever you bloody want. You're only trapped in a room because you're too daft to realize s realised with an S and not a Z, incidentally. You could just narrate your way out. But, uh, how would that even- Oh my God! So you are actually that dense? Just say, I oh, don't know what, well, that I was rescued by a superhero. Done!
1: Wow, I, I guess I never thought about it like that.
2: Too right you didn't. Now go on, we're on page 15 already and the story hasn't moved a bloody centimeter.
1: It's British wrenches. It? Uh okay. Well b- before you go, is is there anything else you'd like to tell our listening audience? I'm
2: glad you asked. Be sure to check out the adventures of Nick and Willikans point-and-click adventure game coming soon for Pinhead Games and Algar Productions. Right. Cheerio. Don't don't try to say things that way, it makes you sound like a wanker. Come on!
1: <sighs> Alright, let's see if I can actually do this. <clears throat> Tron spent an entire night locked in the dungeon-like confines of the abandoned underground facility. But then, he was rescued by a popular superhero.
3: Face front, true believer. Whoa, it's the amazing... Nope, it sure isn't. I'm a completely original creation, unfettered by concerns of intellectual property. Now face front.
1: Uh, Oh, I, uh, I thought that was just an expression.
3: Not in this case. I'm standing behind you. And as long as you're looking the other way, you won't be able to see anything that might lead you to confuse me for anyone else's copyrighted character.
1: Right. Facing front. Now what, uh... Now
3: I use my superhuman strength, which is not particularly proportionately matched to anything in nature, and... uh, Lift this heavy thing to get you out of here. Come on, you can do this. Come on, Pete, uh, despite uh, unaffiliated original creation. <laughs> there, you're free. Wow, thanks. Um, thanks. All in a day's work for your friendly friend. And Now, I've got to get out of here fast and get this medicine to Aunt May- This, uh, Aunt Mavis. M- Mavis Bacon. Beacon, sorry. You may have heard of her. She teaches bacon. Uh, typing. Nailed it. So long. Uh, there aren't a lot of tall buildings around here, are there? Not really. We're in rural North Dakota. Oh, right. Good point.
1: So is there a bus, or...? Yeah, you can uh, catch it in Grace's Past, which is about 15 miles that way.
3: Ah, just wink into existence here in the middle of nowhere. Don't worry, action will be your reward. Action is a terrible reward. Just once, I wish money was my reward.
1: Oh, man, it's morning already. I need to find Agent Minifin before the serial killer strikes again. Episode 30 of Contentment Corner featured Duncan Bosco as caller 1, Mark Bosco as Tron Gente, Kara O'Connor as caller 2, Matt Robotham as Aaron Fawcett, Nick of Nick Hall, and the Bear. Nicole Santora as Fawn and Caller 3. Sabrina Snyder as caller 4. Jason Wallace as not Spider-Man and Ron Algar Watt as Mikey After Midnight and Cooter. It was written by Ron Algar Watt and produced by Algar Productions, copyright 2017.